All right, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson, and I got my friend here, Andrew Biernat. Got it right. Close enough, right? Nailed yes, it. you nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. <laughs> Bro, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Uh, I mean, we've had what, one or two other conversations together. Your energy is off the charts. I just love having you in my life. Thanks for being here with me today. You got it, dude. When uh, when I heard about you and and then heard about your podcast and we had our conversation, it was fantastic. And uh, you know, we we actually have a lot in common, which makes our made our conversation happen even faster and, and made it more fun. But I, I appreciate the compliment on on energy. And this may be something that we can start off a conversation on. Is a lot of times I don't really think about being an energetic person. Mm-hmm. And people ask me like, "Oh man, like even like I'm a." If I'm working, if I'm in front of people at four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning, I'm the same. I'm, it's still, hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, and, and people are just like, look at me like I'm just like, I'm the worst. They're like, what are you doing? Why are you so energetic? It's five in the morning. You know, I was like, well, I'm here, you know, like, let's do it. Um, so like for me, energy, energy, especially with people and people that I care about, it just happens. It just, it just comes part and parcel with it. But it's a, it's a strength that I overlook a lot of times, I think. And I think for many of us, we see our strengths as um, just, just a part of us, but other people notice it. Other people see the energy or the authenticity or how kind you are or how you know, generous or whatever your character traits that really stand out to you that are just kind of a part of everyday life. Um, those are the things that to other people are like a superpower. It's like, holy smokes, how do you do that? So for me, I'm just working in my life at leaning more into those strengths that other people keep commenting on, other people keep noticing. I love that reflection. Are, are you familiar with the book? It's called The Big Leap by uh, the author is Gay Hendricks. No. It's really a phenomenal book. My friend turned me on to it. Ironically, one of my life coaches four years ago told me about it first. And then I had gone and read it a couple of years later after my friend. And she, she was like, yeah, I told you to read that. And I'm like, damn it. Ah, shoot. <laughs> but when you're ready, you know, the student, student's ready, teacher appears. Exactly. But it speaks to what you're talking about with the, like, this is how I show up in the world. I didn't know that this was meaningful. I didn't know this was valuable to people. Um, the way my friend at that time was like talking about, like from a business standpoint, was like, yeah, dude, that thing that you love to do and is like breathing to you, like that's what people would pay for. I'm like, what? That seems like insane. Why? Like I didn't just showed up like this today and I didn't think twice about it, but I think there's something so profound with that, that while I think everything can be, um, we can we can certainly develop a skill set. We can still develop and mature a like a persona, and and like make sure that 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 element of us shows up even more aligned and more consistent. Because everybody's got days. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's part of it. But I think that we should not discredit the fact that that's part of what makes us who we are and what attracts people to us. So leaning into that heavy. It's probably a good idea like, because it's, it's, it's not a facade. It's not fake. It's not a put on. It's not a lot of effort beyond like, this is just me showing up today. Like, you have to show up, but beyond that it's there. So yeah. Um, I love that you brought it up because I think that's a really important thing for people to start thinking about as like, that's what you are and lean into it. People will value it for it. And especially in the entrepreneurial space, you can charge for it. You can build a life 
and a lifestyle around that. Crazy. You have to yeah. you can actually love your life, love it being yourself and making money for it. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> now, one, I think the biggest thing too there is, is like experimentation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, when I got into college, it was like, you had to get into this track, you know, you had to get all these advanced coursework and then get the internship and then you get the job and then you're in the career for 50 years and then you die. And it was like, man, okay, I'm already behind the eight ball. I got to get to dying quick. Um, so it, it always felt like I was just behind, you know, like I was behind in coursework and, or I didn't get the coolest internship or my job out of college wasn't getting me to that next rung on the career ladder. And I, I never realized how how important experimentation is for finding what you do best for finding where your fit is in the world. And it's only now that I've started experimenting very heavily and really testing things out and really test driving and trying and experimenting and hoping and dreaming and wishing, uh, and then having many of those things crushed, but having many of them blossom and grow, having gone through that, it's, it's really revealed a lot for me um, in just in terms of what is possible and what I like and what I'm good at. And if I had remained in my first career, I think I would have been missing something. So my first career was in sales. My second career was in fitness. And that was a way that we really got to connect. And now I'm in my third career slash fourth career slash I don't even know. Like I keep, I'm just doing a lot of weird stuff and mm. it's, it's fun though. And it's really interesting. And I'm finding more about me. I'm finding more about people that I like to work with and people that like to work with me and, and kind of what that could look like going into the future. Oh, I love everything about what you just said there. Let's do this just so that our listeners can kind of grapple or center themselves. Where are we in space and time? Let's answer this one question. You know yourself better than me. So Andrew, who are you? Oh. Oh, man. Boom, so, drop. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to that. Right. So it, uh, it starts with figuring out who I'm not. And that, and that was kind of a long road for me is I spent a lot of my life living based on other people's expectations, doing what other people thought I should do. And, um, you know, all the way down to what college I went to, what major I had and, you know, I, I kind of went on a path of self-discovery. You know, I ended up changing majors, changing schools a couple of times, changing, changing degree programs, and, and I've you know changed in through multiple careers. And and through all that change, I've gotten closer and closer to who is who is Andrew? Who is this guy? Um, and I'm in a stat, spot now where I feel like I'm in perpetual self-discovery. Like it's very, it's very much interesting. It's very fun. But I do know, I do know who I am today. And that's, and that's important, but I don't know, I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow, right? I don't, I don't know me a year from now. I don't know me two or three years from now. And what's exciting is I look at me from a year ago. I look at me from two or three years ago and I just shake my head. I'm like, oh dude, so embarrassing. Like, I can't believe you're doing that. Like, you know, I've grown and I've leveled up my game so much that, you know, I can look back in the past and say, yikes. And then I can also look into the future and say, holy cow, like, what's to come, you know, what's, what is to come. So to answer in a more concrete way, um, for me, I am, I'm blessed in so many ways. Um, I have a wonderful wife, two loving daughters. I have a strong spiritual connection. Uh, so for me, Christianity is a huge part of my life. I, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a podcaster, and I'm a person that loves to grow. And I say grow in, in the sense of 
the exciting kind of growing, like I went to a conference or I read a book or this is super exciting. But then I also want to flip growth upside down too and, and analyze the darker side of growth because not all growth is pleasant. I've, I've gone through a lot of difficult growth in my life. Uh, my wife and I experienced three miscarriages in between the birth of our two daughters, right? That was hard and it was awful. And I would not wish that on anybody. However, that happens to a lot of people, right? Upwards of 20 to 30% of people are going to experience a miscarriage if they're trying to have kids. So it's not uncommon, but it doesn't make it any less painful, right? I've struggled with, um, substance abuse. So for me, alcohol was a big part of my life for a long, long time. It was, it was funny because in my trying to figure out who I am stage, I found out that I was really good at drinking a lot of alcohol. That was something that I became very proficient at. Um, for a smaller person, you know, I weigh like 100, 180 pounds usually. You know, I could, I could, I could uh, you know, kind of out hit that weight, right? And so I was good at it. So I'm like, okay, this must be one of my things. Right. Um, but eventually I got to a point where it was pretty clear that it's not getting me where I want to go. Right. Alcohol was, was not my, my, one of my actual strengths. It wasn't one of my actual things that Andrew is good at. And, and I've gone through extensive counseling, all kinds of great stuff, uh, 12 step groups, all that. And one of the most important moments for me was my counselor challenged me and he's like, listen, I want you to try going 90 days without alcohol. Just go 90 days and see what it feels like. And so for me, I, I was fortunate in that I was an alcohol abuser. I was not an alcohol addict, right? So there was no chemical dependency. It was just a habit type of dependency. It was an emotional type dependency. So at first, I, I kind of blew him off. I'm like, no, alcohol's not that big a deal for me. Like, I can, I'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> along comes the worst hangover of my life. Mm. And I, uh, <laughs> I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to test it out, right? And a lot of times, you, it's, it's an old trope, right? Whenever someone has a hangover, oh, I'm never drinking again, you know, and then they're drinking again that night, right? So I had never said that, right? I had never gotten to a point where I said, I'm never drinking again, because I'm very realistic. Uh, I, I recognize like, no, I'll, 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 you know, I'll probably have a beverage again next time I hang out with my friends. Uh, but this hangover was different, man. It was, it was a lot different. And um, it laid me out for, for a day and a half. And so, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. Starting today, uh, is my first day sober. I think, um, you know, maybe I was sober by the next day. I'm not really sure, but, uh, but I got through that. Right. And then what I noticed was at the end of that 90 days, I had never felt happier. I had never felt more at peace. I had never had such strong relationships, strong boundaries, and been as excited and exuberant about my life. And it was hard to place like what it was, like what was different, you know, but alcohol was, that was not there. That, and so that was, that was the piece that was different. Um, but I couldn't really figure out like, okay, what, like what, what did alcohol take from me? What did it cause? And, and to this day, I, you know, I can't really say exactly for sure, but I know that I'm better without it. Right. And so I feel like for me, I'm an experimenter. And as I test things, I find out if it's right or if it's wrong. And for me, alcohol, it's, it's it wasn't right. It didn't, it wasn't a fit for me. Um, same with caffeine, same with plenty of other stuff, right? There's things that just which is crazy, right? People are like, whoa, you're so energetic, you know? Like for me, like I don't, obviously I don't need caffeine. I don't even know if we want to see me on caffeine. <laughs> um, but, you know, for, for me, I would say I'm an experimenter and, uh, and I'm thankful to be here. Bro. I just, if 
I didn't love you as much as I already did. I love you. Like I just, you're just so awesome. I just appreciate this. You handled like all these like very, clearly very difficult times in your life with such grace, like the way you're talking about it now. And I think a lot of people who are in that are like, how the hell does this guy talk about this? Like with such just like, oh, it was a thing. Oh, I'm here. But like, that's so cool to me because when you brought in, what's the dark side of like understanding myself? Like that is not enough people are willing to say, I'm going to, I'm, I'm ready and I want to go look at the darkness of it. And that's okay. And it's not that you have to like live there for the rest of your life, but also understanding what's in that makes it, it airs it out. It lightens it. And it's also there. Like when I think about it from a sense of like, if you're trying to build a tree or build a tree, or grow a tree, I'm next level. I'm on some next level shit. Um, it's the, it's like, you first need to have deeper roots and like, where are the roots? They're down in the dark and you gotta go sit in there and you need to build it, but like it's stable. And the way you speak about the things you're talking about, like alcohol abuse and, um, and, and, and struggles dealing with like your wife going through three miscarriages. And like, that's a lot of heavy stuff and sitting with that is dark and scary. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I run into people all the time where like, I couldn't sit still for a minute because, oh my God, like then I'm going to deal with like boredom or what really is like, oh, who am I? What do I want? I don't even know. And maybe some scary stuff also comes up at the same time. So just like for anybody who's listening to what you just shared, I hope that, and that's why I wanted to stop on it. Like, I hope people can appreciate like, this is what can be on the other side of sitting with challenging things for extended periods of time. I think it's a very profound, a very beautiful thing that can't be rushed. Yeah, you said 90 days. That's not, a, that's not a short period of time in the grand scheme of life. Yeah, it's pretty short. Probably the reason why you could think, ah, I could stomach 90 days of doing this. But it's also not asking yourself, like, who do you, you don't know what you're going to find on the other end of it. And one of the things I love what you're talking about is, like, I'm mean, always in perpetual self-discovery. I'm going to go out on a limb and say your experiment with sobriety first with 90 days gives you new confidence to say, well, what else can I experiment with? And you're like, this is the most I know myself now, but I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow. Being okay with that. Like to me, just being okay with, I don't know, but I'm going to still walk forward with as much confidence as I have right now and like live, live my life. I think there's a lot of beauty in that, that I hope anybody who's listening can appreciate that because I think a lot of people don't appreciate and or understand that so that was a big takeaway from just like a who am I discussion you know what I'm saying yeah well and it you know for me what I start thinking about is how is it that I got to a point where I showed up on a podcast and I'm willing to you know in a sense get naked like that right be able to to share to that depth and that level and for me, my, my first contact with that was going to 12 step groups mm -hmm. and just the, the rawness of that, particularly anonymous style, uh, 12 step groups, where it's just, you know, Hey, I'm my first name and here's some, here's some crap, man. You know, and it's just like, Whoa, you know, people just come in, they just blow the doors off, you know, and some of them just talk about it so casually, you know, like, Oh, you know, I've gotten, you know, five DWIs, I've got X, Y, and Z and there's this and there's that. And you're just like, Oh man. 
you know, and they don't talk about it callously, but they talk about it as just, it's just a matter of fact. It is, you know, and, and then they start sharing maybe on, on a current challenge and sent, man, some of the, some of the hard things that people have been through highlighted a lot for me. And it, it showed that talking to strangers is actually a good starting place for getting a handle on your own story. Because I feel like the past, it, it's already happened. It's done. But we've got wounds and we've got scars and we've got stuff that we're carrying with us from that. Everybody does. And a good way to know if, if a scar has been picked at a little bit is if you have an outsized emotional reaction to something right? You know, your wife doesn't meet one of your expectations and you blow up, right? Someone cuts you off in traffic and you start cursing, okay? Uh, some of these just small little triggers for us, they, they're hitting on something deeper. Someone disrespected you. Someone wasn't listening to you. Someone is neglecting you, okay? And, the, and these are really deep emotional roots for, for each of us. And if we can figure out what those roots are, we can start to heal them, truly, uh, and if we're not healing them, we're going to continue to blow up at people. We're going to continue to make more mistakes. We're going to continue to pursue things that we think other people believe we should do. And for me, I, I got to a point in my life where I, I needed to do it because it was what I needed to do. Um, and, and it's difficult for, especially for people pleaser style people mm -hmm. to do things for themselves. And I know I know in my walk and in my time doing this, that anytime I've gotten to share and be raw and real and vulnerable has been scary going into it, but it's felt like exhilarating during and after, and it's, and it's like a relief afterward. And I found that like the darkest parts of myself that I start to share as I start to put those things out there and actually tell those things to other people, the majority of the time, there's not like a disgust type reaction, you know, it's very rarely like, oh, oh, you're awful. It's usually just a profound sense of understanding, of acceptance, of, of connection is people, people then say, you know, my story is a little bit different, but here's, here's some of my story. And I haven't actually shared this with anybody. And when, when we're allowed to be vulnerable and we and we bring that vulnerability to other people we open up the door for people to start sharing in in ways maybe they never would have so for me 12 step groups was my, my gateway drug to vulnerability right it was how i it was how i started down the path of sharing and and i found that that darkness that we all have within us right those things that we're ashamed of those things that we think that nobody needs to know and that you know old style of thinking that like you know this is just i just got to keep this tucked away nobody can know about this dirty little secret is that that dirty little secret grows and it grows usually into something that we either can't control or starts to control us and so for me if i'm if i want to be the master uh, at least to the best of my ability, the master of my own life, right? If I if I want to have some some direction and some opportunity to say, here's what I want, here's what I, I me actually want, I need to understand that darkness that's within me, and I need to just put it into the light. I need to bring it out of my mind, out of my heart, out of out of my body, and put it out in the open. And more often than not, when we do that, it starts to die. It starts to fade it loses power and we're, we're not stuck in that spot. 
couple of cool things came up for me there. One, as a curiosity, because you you brought it out there, talking to strangers, like a place to start, which to me sounds ironic. Why would we go talk to strangers first about the difficult things? One would typically think like, well, what makes them qualified? What's this stranger got that your best friend or your family member, whatever, like, wouldn't you think that closeness would give that you give them a leg up for that? What have you found within that? Because it, it just it seems so backwards. Yeah, no, it, it is backwards. And I think a lot of it comes down to expectation is a stranger expects nothing of us. Whereas our family and our friends have come to expect us to behave and think and be a certain way. And so it becomes very easy to start to try and live up to the expectations that people have created of us. And a lot of times I, I noticed for myself is I created two selves. I had a split self, right? I had the I had the self that everybody knew, and then I had the self that was on the inside. And that self that everybody knew, whenever that self got compliments or whenever that self was successful, people applauded. You know, people said, "Way to go, self!" And for me, it, those compliments and those accolades and those nice things were hollow because it was this facade that I created that's getting all this recognition and this and it's not really me that people are in love with right? Whether it's in a relationship or whether it is with family, friends, whatever, right? This, this creation is what people enjoy. And, and that leaves me very alone on the inside. Wow. And, and so the people that I know when I'm in that spot, right? When I'm in that unhealthy split type of a self, uh, when I'm there, it's tough to come out from behind that mask to then actually have a conversation, a real conversation with people that I already know and love. Whereas people that are stranger, or I'm just starting to get to know, they don't have any preconceived notion of who I am. And so I'm allowed to just show up as I am. And so then what you can start to do is with these strangers or with these new friends, or, you know, for me, what, I, what happened was 12 step groups was kind of my, my first step. And then I joined a church group and they were all new people to me. And so in that new group, I started leading with vulnerability and kind of sharing more of my story, more of my walk. And that started to help me build confidence and, and grow in sharing and being comfortable, being vulnerable. And then it started rippling to my friends and then it started rippling to family and then it started rippling to the closest loved ones in my life. And so I found that actually working from the outside in, as far as, you know, strangers first, right? Acquaintances second, and then people that you're close with third, as far as being actually real, raw and vulnerable, truly deeply, if it's not something that you do, um, I think, I think that way can work really well. Wow. I love the way you broke that down. And the other thing that came to mind was like, because there's not a lot of expectations, the consequences are very minimal, at least mm -hmm. because you're just like passing in the night more or mm -hmm. less. Like if it doesn't work out, cool. Like they're gone tomorrow. I don't have, I don't have this other stuff that's hinged to this identity, this image that they have of me. Well, what if that one thing changes? Like, does the whole relationship blow up? I think there's like Sometimes we make a mountain out of a molehill mm -hmm. when, when it could just be like, well, we had a new conversation. That being said, to having gone through a few situations myself, like, oh, I get this. Like, this makes a lot of sense as to seeing building confidence. I love that. Building confidence in stages and steps and then saying like, I'm going to get closer and closer and closer to my inner circle, which, you know, I, I believe fully and we're the, the average of the five people we spend the most time with. It's like, we're getting closer and closer to who we are. 
-hmm. and who are we changing on the inner circle or are we changing them at all is like or are they and by changing them like what's the quote i've heard either change the people or change the people like are the people going to grow individually like the that the person like intrinsically are they going to change or is like one of those people going to have to be repositioned we're going to bring in some new energy some new life some new new person um practically speaking so that's a great way to think of people staging and again you had your stages for like i guess the problem at least on the external thing was the alcohol from like a, a tool standpoint like it was the wrong tool using it the wrong way poor relationship with it there we go with the relationships again hey i went to this program this was a way and then i used a new way and then now you have other ways that's really cool that you did that i just love again hopefully people are taking away like this is a process this is not like a snap your fingers overnight kind of thing this i mean this is years right so i i started um i would call it abusing alcohol at maybe 21, 22, right? I, you know, I'd, I'd drink a couple of beers here and there, have some fun, uh, but really started becoming a thirst and a crutch probably around 21, 22. And I didn't get sober until, goodness gracious, so it's been six years now. So that would put me at, I think, 27, 28. Yeah, I think, yeah, 27 was when I started. And so, yeah, so September, you know, of uh, 2015, yeah, September 2015, uh, September 1st, first day, you know, I'm like, all right, let's give it a whirl. Let's, let's give it a rip. And yeah, and it's, it's gotten to a point where like, I don't, I don't miss it, you know, which is so weird. But I found that I had I had three support structures, three unhealthy supports in my life um, that have been kind of long, long battles. So one um, is alcohol, one is pornography, and the other is video games, believe it or not. And I found that those three things, when I'm at my worst, is when I'm spending the most time in those things. And so for me, I find that when I am at my worst, those three things are how I cope. And Wow. When I, when I don't cope well is when I reach for one of those things. And so, you know, for me, alcohol has been, I've been six years sober, very, very blessed in that sense. Uh, as far as pornography only shows up once in a rare while. And I hate it when it does. And so for me, I've, I've made a lot of headway in that one, create a lot of distance and video games was one that I just kind of was like, eh, whatever, you know, it's just video games. What's the big deal. Um, and it really wasn't until I started really, really leaning into being a, a husband and a father that, that video games for me were, were causing problems. They were, they were distracting me, right? When I'm playing video games and my young daughter's pulling on my arm to try and get my attention away from the video games to, to interact with me, right? That to me like, is like a stab in the heart, right? How many times that she had done that to me? Um, and so I, I've recognized for me that video games are, um, are a crutch, right? When, when things are going crazy, when I feel stressed out, I try to lean into that. And, you know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's porn, whether it's video games, none of those things ultimately satisfied. I, I went hungry for something, but it didn't give me what I was looking for. And, and so I, I've started a 90 day opportunity again, actually, it's really funny. So I live in upstate New York and the Buffalo Bills are a big deal here. And um, after the Buffalo Bills lost to the, the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs of this past year, I, I was like, I was so mad. I was like, so mad. It was a great game. 
such a good game, a game to go down in the history books as far as the, one of the most interesting uh, and a game that that ultimately ended up changing the way the playoff uh, football works as far as overtime rules. And it was extremely frustrating at the time, though. And when I kind of sat down and, and looked at it, you know, it's, you know, 1030 at night. Here I am laying, staring up at, at the ceiling in my bedroom. And I'm like, I'm so mad about a game about a bunch of random dudes running into each other and falling down. Like I'm mad about the way it ended up. And I started thinking about some of the other things that were important to me and that I was leaning on and that I had, I, I had used as, as a method of escape. Right. And I think sports and I think TV shows, and I think a lot of these other things, it's a chance to alter our reality. It's a chance to be somewhere else and be someone else and be excited about something else. And all of these things in, in moderate doses, I think they're wonderful. But for me, I found that there were certain things that I overdosed on that I went too far with that I, that I got too deep into. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know video games was one of those things. And so you know, after the bills lost, I was like, I need to channel this anger into something positive. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try a 90 day thing again, right? I'm gonna try and give up video games for 90 days, and see how I feel and see what happens. Um, and so that's kind of another experiment that I'm in the midst of actually, as we as we speak right now. So I don't even know when the bills lost. I don't even know where in the 90 days I am. So I might look this up. But, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of- You might already be through 90 days, bro. I might even, we'll see. You might be closer to like 120 at the point that we're recording this, bro. So like- Dude, let's see. Because it was January. Yeah, you're right around this time, bro. All right, so what was the date? January 23rd, how long? Yeah, you're about, yeah, you're about three months. It's the 18th right now we're recording this. It's been 85 days. It's been 85 days. So I'm five days away from- for 90 days. So why don't we do it? Why don't we do this? We'll, we'll make this a reflection episode, right? So yes. after post-alcohol, right? 90 days, I, I kind of did an evaluation. I was like, nope, can't let it back into my life, right? Alcohol done. I feel too good. Um, man, let's think about video games. Where am I at right now? I've gotten a lot done. My life has moved in a lot of positive directions. I have been looking for more helpful ways of coping and ways that bring me closer to my wife to my family, uh, and to God. And I think all of those things, all those relationships in my life have improved. And so at 85 days, looking back and reflecting, I, at least for now, I don't think video games are going to make a comeback in my life, um, which is weird. You know what I really love about this? A couple fold. There's no good or bad that you used in all of this. It was in dose and knowing which ones are the places that you take extremes to that are detrimental to you specifically. Because I see a lot of people cast like a very broad blanket statement over like, this is bad, this is good, as opposed to how much, Because alcohol could be good in some situations, depending on what you need it for. Like it's a tool. All those things in some, like work could be a and like, I know there's plenty of times that I, I lean on work because, well, it's my thing I'm passionate about. I can just check out. I'm like, I'm going to go. And I used to do that in the past. Don't do it anymore. Uh, but I love how you approach it from like, I'm going to do an experiment and I'm going to see what I learned from this. And you reevaluate. And maybe a network makes a comeback, but it's not like it's dogmatic. Because I think what's important about the way it said is like, you said it back when you started with the, I'm like, it's not that I'm never going to drink again but I'm going to see how this feels. I'm going to see where this goes. And I think that permission to say, I'm going to try this out. 
I know for myself, I hear so many people, when the second you tell somebody, don't do this, you can't do that. The first thing you want is that. I want that. I want it. (laughs) So like, and we all know this to be something like, so why do we use that strategy as like a coaching strategy upon ourselves? Don't do it willpower, like until you have your weekday and then you break. And what are you reinforcing when you break? Like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Like I'm bad. And I think that's terrible. So I love the way you approach that. Secondarily, or something else that I really loved is the, oh my, that was my train of thought. It was a really good thing too, that I just, I love the way you approached it. I'm just so upset that I forgot that. No, you're good. So we talked about alcohol. We talked about pornography. We talked about video games and, you know, creating that 90 day space. Um, but also understanding that when I'm really leaning heavily into those things, that's, that's when I'm at my worst. And I've been searching for more positive and more useful and helpful coping mechanisms, right? Ways, ways of dealing with my stress. And, um, and that's been huge. That's where I was going with it like the dosing piece of like, how much are you going to bring back in your life? You said they're not bad, but it's just just knowing how much and when and how and why are you using something? If you're doing it to escape reality, well, why are you trying to escape reality? Are you like, is it because you're making a choice to enjoy something or are you doing it because you're just trying to dissociate? I think those two very different understandings of how you enter a situation or enter an engagement, also knowing these are my boundaries. These are my rules. If I'm going to get into it, this is what I'm getting out. And like, it's, that's just discipline. But I think that that's super important to know yourself enough before you walk into something. Is this a healthy environment for me? I love you and how you said, like, why am I getting so upset about a game? Something that I think that's actually a big thing for a lot of people. And I know for myself for a long time, I had to like detach myself from a lot of athletics. I couldn't watch sports for a long time because of the very, like, why am I getting bent out of shape? Like, why do I have this ultimately it's a meaningless attachment to a sports team they they lost okay mm-hmm. <laughs> my life is going to go on i don't even know these people i don't even know them yep. i happen to want them to win a game but it's entertainment yep. and to think about all the extra rules that get put into place for a lot of stuff it's like it's still a game guys who cares like it's still a game yep. um i think there's something so much like deeply wound into this even i would go so far to say it's like scarcity win lose good bad right wrong like us them is it i think within the confines of creating this box within those spaces to say how do we learn some lessons on this pressure cooker how do we deal and cope with stress and metaphorically speaking as well maybe there's the physical stress of like we're running into each other but like how are we going to engage each other and you brought up before about that's what I wanted to bring out earlier. And it, I had like a visualization again about the tree, like people blowing up in, in traffic if they're like get cut off or you light off at your wife because, you know, something happened or whatever it is. I thought of, again, if like, if you didn't go and deal with yourself and you weren't stable and okay within yourself, again, think of the tree where the roots very deep, were you grounded? Were you stable? The slightest gust of wind could knock this whole thing over. You light off over what like you didn't put the dish away or like something so stupid ultimately people make this again the mountain out of the molehill i think that visualization there's so much in that and you discussing how like you airing those things out you show up more present you're more your better father your better husband you're better like there's something so cool about that and i don't even have a point of all that i just wanted to bring it out like that was stuff that like really 
that really latched onto me and, and where your story is coming from, man. Yeah. Well, absolutely, man. And it's, it's funny, you know, my, just like my strengths, I, I've never seen my story as particularly remarkable, right? You see these people going up on, on stages and telling the story of, you know, how they got, you know, run over by a car and then they came back and they rallied and they weren't supposed to be able to walk again. And they did and how they almost died from cancer. And here they are. And, you know, these, these stories for me, that are you know, remarkable, you know, someone born with no limbs and, you know, wrestling and, you know, like all these, it's like, wow, like, wow. And, and so for me, recognizing that my story to me doesn't really seem like all that big a deal, but being able to just share it with people is still helpful because, for example, with uh, the three miscarriages that my wife and I went through, the first miscarriage that we had was hard, but it was very much a, we've got this, this is a hard thing. We're good people. And sometimes bad stuff just happens to good people. You know, we're, we're going to learn, we're going to grow. We're going to, we're going to tackle this, you know? Um, and then we had a second miscarriage soon after that. And that one really caught me, it caught me off guard because it's not like I expected a first miscarriage and I certainly didn't expect a second miscarriage, but I actually, I expected that second miscarriage less than the first because uh, because that second one was like wait we've already been here we've already learned we've already we've already gotten past this right and now we're here again and by the time we had our third miscarriage all of this in less than a year it I, I was almost numb you know and, and I was particularly leaning into my numbing behavior at that time which was video games and and, and I knew I knew I was in an unhealthy mental frame I was unhappy. I was coasting at work. I just didn't care. I, I wasn't being my best self. I wasn't showing up the way that I wanted to for my family, for my clients, for my friends. And, and spiritually, I wasn't showing up either. And so I started sharing. I started writing about it and you know, kind of just putting it out there to our clientele uh, in the personal training business. And it was really cool getting the responses back from that. Because every time I shared deeply on something, I got multiple responses back from just people I wouldn't have expected uh, connecting with me in some way, saying, "Hey, you know, I've, I had a miscarriage. I haven't really talked about it much, but it was really, it was really, really hard for me. And I appreciate that you were willing to share about this, um, you know." And then someone else saying, "Like, I, I never knew. I never knew guys struggled with miscarriage um, in this type of a way." And and and, and I heard things all across the spectrum. But one of the coolest things was knowing that my story and my struggle was helpful to somebody else, that the problems that I've been through, in a sense, have paved the way for me being able to just kind of share that with other people, you know, bring that darkness into the light. And by bringing my darkness into the light, I hope that other people can have the courage to bring at least a little piece of their darkness into the light. And in so doing, start to change their life. Because I know for me, as soon as I started doing that, things started to change. My first 12-step meeting that I went to, I barely said anything. I, I just, because I just, I, I was in shock, number one, at the things that people were saying. And, you know, number two, I still hadn't come to terms with the, the problems that I had. And, and so I didn't, I, I couldn't really own my spot. I couldn't really share deeply on what was going on. And it was only through sharing a little bit at a time and sharing a little bit at a time that I got to a spot where I am now in a 
<laughs> a town square public forum shouting from the rooftop what my problems are and have been. And it's only it's only in getting to that point that I have truly delved into a lot of the depth of struggle that, that I've gone through. Well, I hope for some people just hearing the way you said it is like, hopefully there's some comfort in realizing it's more about starting the process. Like I showed up in my first meeting, maybe you don't have, it's not about like the first time you step in the door, blah, all that comes out. You don't have to be zero to 60, which dare I say, most of us are struggling because we're trying to do the crash diet approach of like, I'll do all the things perfectly right now. And then I have to do it. And if I don't, then I'm da-da-da. like, I'm sure you saw that in the personal training world. I know you're not in that anymore, nor am I, but like, it's the, yeah, I got to oh, lose 80 pounds today. And you're like, whoa, okay. It's like, let's think about what led to putting on 80 pounds. Like, did that happen overnight? No, it happened quietly and sneakily every day over years. And you're going to get out of it the same way, quietly, calmly, collectively, like sustainably. And just saying like, maybe the first, I was just listening to a James Clear. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He wrote Atomic Habits. Anybody's listening, they'll like this, but I was listening to a video of him. He's like, one of the clients I had, on their way to losing, I think they lost 80 pounds or something like that. Like, ironically, I'm just using numbers now, but like the, one of the goals that their first, the first habit they had to get was you're only allowed to work, work out five minutes a day. And it, that is reflection. The thing is like, most people are like, that's stupid. You're not going to get anything. It's like the, the objective of that habit, the habit, the success was, did you get used to showing up for yourself? And like you said, maybe showing up to that first 12-step meeting was I'm showing up for me spiritually, emotionally, as a father, as a as a husband or whatever. Like it's this is the first step of the habit of me showing up for myself and these other things in my life I care for. I'm showing up. And then when you show up, you learn, okay, cool. And I what I also gotta imagine, you brought this up with hearing all these people with these drastic stories, like I got hit by a bus and da-da-da-da what I hear it as like, oh, it kind of helps you regulate where you're, you're, how bad it is for you in the world. I'm like, oh, well, it's not as bad as that. Okay. Well, I got some stuff to be grateful for. Okay. Like start here. Like, okay, we're fine. I'm not, I'm not the worst. I'm not to be the best. And eventually you get to like, well, what does that mean? Anyway, what's the worst mean? And what's the best mean? <laughs> it's whatever you decided to be. But I think that there's something really special about putting yourself around other people and listening to other people's shit, more or less, to go, oh, I might not have it that bad. It, it could be worse because somebody's always got it worse. And in, at least in your own perspective, there might be something else that just hurts more. I know from me being in the coaching space, I'm sure you know, a lot of times personal trainers feel like they're just <laughs> underpaid therapists <laughs> because you get all their stuff. There's like, this is the stuff that's affecting your habits and your life go figure you better understand what's going on in those things but um yeah i think there's something so profound about just hearing other people's stories and putting yourself in the space to open up and listen to that so that's so cool that you went on that what else have you found on your on your path my friend what else has <laughs> opened up in your mind because you said you do a podcast too which yeah i'm gonna i want to be a guest on the podcast now yeah can be. let's do it we yeah. got to yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so it's opened up a lot of different stuff is I started off in sales when I got out of college, I was fired because I drank a lot and I didn't really do very good work. And I, I also didn't like what I was selling. 
That was one of the most important lessons there was I knew going into that job that I didn't like the product and I'm supposed to be a brand ambassador, right? I'm supposed to be selling this product to people and I don't care. I I just didn't care. And if so, I, I had worked for a, a beverage company, uh, extremely well known. And when there was product missing on the shelves, it was like, well, they'll get it tomorrow. You know, I'll complete the order. It'll show up and they'll be fine. You know, it's probably better. It's probably better that they don't have it today. Um, you know, it's so not like <laughs> for the, for the grand scheme of the world. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm, I just did them a favor. Uh, you know, and so like, that's a horrible mindset to have if you're like selling a product. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so that, that career lasted way longer than it should have. It took almost two years for them to decide to let me go. Cause I was like, I was like, just good enough. You know, I worked like just hard enough to like not be horrendous. Um, but I wasn't great. And, and so in, in that transition time was when I got into some of my deepest darkness and then transitioned into personal training and grew and changed remarkably. I did that for a long time. I did that for eight years. And in, in those eight years, somewhere in there, I started trying to turn it into something else. I started trying to, to write more. I started trying to create and build something. And looking back, what I probably should have done was changed careers again, because I was searching for something that fitness industry probably was not going to be able to satisfy for me personally. And but I kept searching, right? I wrote a book and then I wrote another book and then I wrote a course and I made a course to go along with the one book. And then, you know, we made an online fitness training platform with like 200 workout videos and stretching videos and like all kinds of cool stuff. And so like doing all of those things made the profession more exciting. But then as soon as COVID hit and the profession was, uh, in a sense for me gutted, right? A lot of the fun of personal training was gone. The high fives, the hugs, the sweating together, the interaction, right? When that was gone, personal training for me was not pleasant. It was not cool. It was a lot of work and it was just hard. And, and so I, I still tried, I still tried to make it the thing. And, you know, eventually I just realized it's like, you know what? It's okay if it's not the thing, you know? And it's okay to start exploring again. And so I did, I gave myself permission to start exploring again, to start testing some stuff out, to, to start looking again. And that's kind of where the podcast started was, you know what? I love business. I love talking to people about that type of stuff. So I'm just going to start a podcast on it. And one thing led to another, that podcast got me uh, the job that I'm in now. And it also got me down the road of entrepreneurship, right? And I, I like to call, because I, I take entrepreneurship very lightly in the sense of, um, it's not really my identity per se. It's it's little business adventures that I'm going on. There's these like little, you know, I'm going to try this. You know, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to see what this is, right? And what I do is I'll, I'll experiment and the experiments that go well, like I'm going to push, I'm going to push them hard. You know, if, if I'm going to stop drinking alcohol for 90 days, I'm going to stop and I'm not going to drink alcohol for 90 days. And if that experiment goes well, guess what? Here I am six years later and I have not drank alcohol in the past six years because that experiment showed me something. And so right now I'm, I'm in a 
I would call a business experimentation phase. Like I'm just testing stuff. I'm seeing what people like. I'm seeing what resonates and, and, and how I help, how I fit into the marketplace, how I can bring my personality and my best traits and my experiences in such a way that it helps other people get what they want out of life. And, and so for me, the podcast is a piece of that. And the podcast has evolved. It started off as a business podcast. And I kept finding that I was like, man, there's other people I want to talk to that aren't like, they're not quite business, you know, like it's hard to just, you know, really push this conversation towards business. It's maybe a little bit more personal growth oriented, you know, maybe a little bit more of a, a personal brand type of an orientation to it. And so I decided, you know what, why not just have two podcasts on the same stream? Great. I'm going to just do that, right? I'm still going to have a business thing that I do. And people that want to talk about business with me, we can talk about that because I love nerding out about marketing and, and talking about how to, how to grow a business and why people started in business, all that. So fascinating. But to me, I was feeling like, uh, there's more I want to talk about. There's more stories that I want to connect with and hear and share. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start something centered around uh, personal branding and personal growth. So poof, here we go. Now I've got a second show that's focused on that. And I'm going to release episodes of them as I do them, right? Guaranteed, it's going to be at least one episode for me every week. And it's going to depend on the people that I'm talking with, what, what, uh, what show it, quote, falls under. And so for, for me, the podcast is like the ultimate form of experimentation because I get to experiment with the type of people I like interacting with, with the type of stories I like to share, with the type of learning that I like to do. And then I can also look at the view count of each of those shows, right? Okay, I put something out there and like, okay, people didn't really resonate with that topic. People, okay, I didn't really market that one as hard. Okay, that, that I, I'm learning something from that. Okay, and, and each 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 episode is another is another piece of learning, and. I started my episodes knowing that they were not going to be very good and understanding that, you know what, they don't have to be good today. They don't even have to be good a year from now. But as I do it, they're naturally going to improve and I am naturally going to improve. And so where I'm at now is I'm in a spot where I'm experimenting with podcasts. I'm experimenting with these little business adventures and these other things that I'm doing. Uh, and I get to experiment, thankfully, in the job that I have right now. So I work at a chamber of commerce and I get to network and I get to meet people and I get to try out new stuff. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh, a CEO above me who's like, you know what, this is your job. Like, make it your job, make it yours. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I feel like I just get to kind of put things out there in the world and then see what the world says, you know, see what people are connecting with. I love that. I love that your openness to experimenting. I think it's actually a very healthy way of looking at it because it doesn't bind you into it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't pigeonhole you. you. It gives you permission to pivot based off what you learn. Because I think a lot of times set the, people set them up for it. So it has to be this thing. But what if it doesn't, what if you've learned that it's not exactly that thing? And that's so cool. And especially that you're expanding into personal development, which I'd go so far as to say, like anybody wants to be a better business owner, start by becoming a better person. Like, yes, ding, <laughs> ding, what, ding. Guess what's going to happen? It'll be a better business owner because I think what most people are, don't understand, I think at the beginning with a lot of things, call it losing weight, making more money, <laughs> and having you know, more sex, we'll call it, have more relationships. We're driven by an external thing, maybe initially, but what we find as we go along that process, it's like to be truly better at this, it's about a conversation we're having. It's about the relationship 
with ourselves. And obviously it's come up quite a bit in your story and in what you've shared so far. It's like being able to understand if we can improve that conversation internally, because that's the voice that's following us around all the damn time. If we don't know how to grapple with that, if we don't know how to make space for it to like ease this, the suffering of it, ease the tension on it, it's going to explode somewhere else and it's going to bleed out somewhere else. So it's so cool that you're, you're bridging that gap and, and leaving it. Like you could have just been pigeonholed to that and be like, ah, ah, no, I really hate this now. And then lose the value that's coming from talking about business that I'm going to go out on a limb and say, oh, it's pretty damn good at podcasts just on business alone. But it could be even more enriched if we have this other piece. Like it's almost like the marrying the heart and the mind together at the same time. It can't just be one or the other. It has to be that masculine and feminine blend because it gives a very complete picture to the entire thing. So that's so cool you're doing that, man. And I hope anybody listening goes, oh, well, what if I just call this an experiment and you'll learn and with whatever they're struggling with right now, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can Mm -hmm. be a, let's figure, let's find out. I don't know. Here's, here's my biggest recommendation too, is is when you do experiment, commit to the experiment, right? I didn't commit to one day sober, right? In Alcoholics Anonymous, that's what you do, right? You commit to right now. Right now, I'm going to be sober, right? But when when I did that experiment, I committed to 90 days. And same with my podcast. I committed to a certain amount of time. I'm just going to do it. and I'm going to suck at it. And I'm just going to see where it goes. So and, and I would tell my clients that with weight loss, right? Is they'd be like, I had a salad today. Why isn't the scale down? And I'm like, you ate one good thing. Like, I'm proud of you, number one, for making a good choice today. And then number two, are you willing to make good choices for months into the future without seeing results in order to get the results that you want? And the majority of the time is just shocking to me is people weren't willing to commit to the hard work in the short term, seeing no results, to get the results that they wanted in the long term. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's probably my biggest caution is as you go about your experiments, you're going to fail. You're going to come up across speed bumps. There's going to be things that trigger you. There's going to be things that derail you. And there's going to be a million reasons to quit. And the biggest encouragement that I could give you is just keep going a little bit further. Just take that experiment out just another couple of days, just another week. And, and whether it is in, in weight loss, whether it is in your business, whether it is in your personal development side of your life, just take these experiments and commit to a sizable amount of time, a time where you can actually see progress. Because then once you see the progress, once you see how things have changed, right? Because if I had stopped my alcohol experiment after 30 days and I looked back, I may have been like, hey, you know, I feel a little better, but, you know, kind of whatever, you know, let's go up with the boys tonight, right? But after 90 days, I felt the change. I, I could look back on those 90 days and I could look back on the previous several years and I could see a difference in the way that my life was headed, right? It was like all of a sudden two paths diverged in a wood, right? And one was headed down a path of destruction and one brought me to where I was after that 90 days. And I said, you know what? I'm not going back. I'm not going back in the dark woods because I've been on the experiment long enough to see where it goes. And so there's going to be some experiments that are going to be failures, but you need to stay in the experiment long enough to make sure that it's a failure. Okay. Now, when it comes to business and stuff, like if you're losing money very, very, very quickly, right, you may not need to stay in one of those experiments too long. Okay. Um, But when the stakes are a little bit lower, right. Or when, or when, you know, they're not going to drastically 
change your life, right? Stay with it a little bit more. Push and see where it takes you because then you can look back and you can see the difference. Hmm. Context is key. That was a big takeaway out of that, that reflection. Andrew, dude, I'm just grateful you came into my life. So for that, thank you first and foremost. Like I was so hyped about today's conversation and I didn't have any expectations because I just don't when I, I just love talking to people, but if there was expectations, you exceeded them. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> um, and I usually ask at the end of like, yeah, hey, I have any final thoughts on all this, but you took it right. You've, you've answered most of any questions I ever think about asking. Like, you're like, no, oh, they just, he just rolls with it. No wonder you're a good podcast. Host. <laughs> um, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I just, I need more of what this guy's got. I need more Andrew in my life. What would be the best way for somebody to connect with you? Sure. So uh, I would recommend LinkedIn. That's where I spend a lot of my time. So I, I've shied away from Facebook because it's, I mean, especially over COVID and just the elections and stuff, like it's just gotten so toxic, um, you know, and there's, and there's great communities on there. There's great opportunity on there. Uh, I'm, and so I'm, I am on Facebook. So you can look me up, Andrew Biernat. Um, I got a lovely picture of my family up there right now, but who knows if that'll change in the future. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, but I would recommend LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash I N slash Andrew J internet. So you can find me on LinkedIn, just connect, say something about the show or just say something you liked or say, Hey, I really connected and resonated. Um, cause that's, that's how we can connect. That's how we can start a conversation together. And that's how I get to learn more about you. Um, so for, for me, I'm, I'm in a journey of self-exploration. Uh, and at the same time, hopefully I can be helping people in their own little explorations and experiments, uh, that they get to be doing. So LinkedIn is definitely the best way to, to get in touch with me. Love it. And what's the name of the podcast? Sure. My podcast is called Build Your Business Better. And uh, I have a second podcast that'll be on that same stream, which debuts actually this week that we're recording this. So that is uh, Your Personal Growth, Your Personal Brand podcast. I love everything about it. I can't wait if I'm allowed to be a guest on that. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> and you can, I'll let you, I'm going to let you pick. You can be on the business one or you can be on the personal growth and personal branding one. I mean, I like to run my mouth at nauseum, so maybe I'll do both. I don't do know. Both. <laughs> we'll do both. We'll just tire me out because my wife just gets tired of listening to me running my mouth all the time. So like, I'll go talk to my friends. I'll right, <laughs> go talk to my friends about it. That'll be oh, great. Oh God, yeah, yeah. She can't, it's the worst trying to get me out of places when we're, I, I go off on a riff and she's like, oh God, we're gonna oh, get boy, half go. hour. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. My wife, I so I literally, my wife and I had that exact moment Friday is I was talking to my family about self-driving cars. So for me personally, I think self-driving cars is the way of the future. And you know, I, I just laid out this argument, right, in, in favor of it. But I laid it out in such a way that I was like, I wanted to get their thoughts. I wanted to get their input. And I've done that a couple of times now, apparently, because my wife just is like sitting there, just like rolling her eyes, like, oh my goodness, here he goes again. <laughs> Who we're, we're in it together, my man. You're not alone. We'll have our own. I'll be like, husbands anonymous, entrepreneurs anonymous, like yep. support group. Yes. No, it's so true. Like, cause like, you know, whether you're the husband or the wife or whatever, right. The, the spouse of an entrepreneur, like that's kind of a hard spot to be. Cause like I get all kinds of wacky, weird ideas. I abandon a dream that I've been talking about for the past three months. And my wife is like, wait, wait, what about this thing? You know, we just invested in it or you just spent so much time on it or you researched it so much. And you, we've been talking about it, you know, and it's like, it's not right. This one, this one, 
isn't right, right? That door I, for me has closed. And so, you know, I'm, here's the new door I'm looking at, right? And so for me, I gotta be careful, right? Because sometimes I run my experiments too quickly and I close doors too fast. Um, and, and especially when it comes to business and home life, it's important that my wife is on board with me. And so those listening, you know, if you have a spouse or significant other or very important people in your life, it, make sure they're on board with stuff right? And, and find a way for them to be a part of it. Find a way for them to have some input or some skin in the game or some insight or ways that they can share in it with you. Because when you do that, then they, they're less likely to just be kind of angry and upset at you, which is kind of where I've been for a little bit now, right? Or my wife just kind of keeps getting like, I can't believe you're doing this again. You wasted all that money. You know, it's like, I'm learning, right? Number one. And then number two is when I've started including her more, she's gotten more excited and she's gotten more invested and she's actually helped me see more of my experiments through to the end. And uh, sometimes that end is wonderful and sometimes that end is sad, but no matter what, right, she's, she's able to be a part of it with me. Um, so, and, and, and being a part of it is different for, for every couple, right? It's going to be different. Some of them want to be right there with you and some of them want their distance. Um, but at the very least, I think communication is going to be a big piece of that. Oh, you're speaking my language here. I mean, I coach a lot of couples, especially in that exact paradigm that you're talking about. And in fact, I prefer having that conversation because what you're saying is all too true. And most people don't understand how important getting a united front on a decision, how impactful that could be on success. So I think what you're bringing to the table is a very subtle, not spoken about thing that needs to be spoken about more. So it's fantastic you do that and people don't appreciate it. It always comes down to communication. We bang our heads against the wall enough times. We all go, oh, wait, it's a communication problem again. Shucks, there it is. So Yep. Yeah, the vast majority of the disagreements that I have, especially with my spouse, it, it does. It just comes down to a misunderstanding or me saying something that she's interpreting a different way. Um, and, and, and really it is, it's taking the time to come together, talk about it. I remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a, uh, an argument about something and then we had started having an argument about the way that we were arguing. <laughs> so it was like two layers going on, right? There was the bottom layer. So which meta. Was, <laughs> right, it, was, it was next level, right? So we're, we have this like lower level argument about like, oh, you did this and didn't do that or whatever, right? And then we had the higher level argument of like, well, I don't appreciate the way that you're arguing and, you know, and so like, you know, eventually the lower level argument that got solved. That wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But then we had to really come together on the rules of engagement. Right. How are we going to navigate these differences? How are we going to uh, work through this and, and treat each other well and be kind and be loving? Um, you know, even though we think something differently or we misinterpret something or an expectation wasn't met. Um, and so, yeah, that that was a much longer conversation. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, a lot of times. If you're willing to take it to that next like, next level, you can uh, you can go there. I love it, bro. Again, I'm so grateful. Obviously, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got some other stuff coming up, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight. I just love you being in your presence and your company. I can't wait till we actually get to see each other in person one day. That hopefully is not too far in the future. But any other closing thoughts, my friend, before we go? I mean, last one I would leave people with is. If you're on a personal development journey, if you're if you've been working on yourself, is just give yourself grace, right? Give yourself that space and that time. 
for me, I'm 34 years old now. I really started working at personal growth and age maybe 26 or so uh, is when I started getting some counseling. I started working on myself a bit. And, you know, it's what? That's what? eight years. That's eight years now. I mean, it's gone by like that. And so those, those eight years, I've had so many more problems that have come up. I've had so many more things that I've learned and so much more that I can look back on and, and say, wow, I'm, I'm so happy I came through that. I'm on the other side of that. And so is, is understanding that it's okay to have your heart set on a destination, but just know that it's important to try and be as trite and as too often said as it is, it's important to try and come to terms with where you're at right now. And right now, sometimes is a really, really dark place. Like for me, when we were in the midst of three miscarriages, like it was just a dark season. It was just hard and it was just uncomfortable and it was sad. And making sure that you're leaning into those positives and those negatives and doing what you can each day to take that next step. Okay. What is it that I need to do to, to claw myself out of this hole, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's physical, whatever your struggle is, you know, what, what can I do today? That's going to get me there. And you'll look back after five years, after 10 years, after 20 years, and you'll say home, I, I can't believe, I can't believe how far I've come. Preach on brother. I love it. I love everything about it. Thank you again, man. I look forward to our next conversation everybody. I'm going to make sure that his contact information is in the show notes. So make sure if you're ready to connect more, go just check that out. You'll be good. But I remind you all until next time to love every body. <laughs>